You are about to listen to I Like To Movie Movie on the Roadside Network. I like to movie movie. I like to movie movie. I like to movie movie. You like to movie. I like to movie movie. I like to movie movie. I like to movie movie. You like to movie. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Like to Movie Movie. I like to movie the movie the mo- the the movie. No, it's not a movie. It's, it's not a show movie. where we it's talk about movies that we like about that, movies about movies that that are likable about movie movies movie movies yeah. movie movies. Once again, we should explain what a movie movie is. Yes, for new listeners here in episode three, a movie movie is a movie that's not afraid to be a movie, meaning that it embraces the medium that it's in and exists in a, in the form of a movie and and. Uh, <laughs> It's I'm trying to say uh, exists exists best best in the form of a movie. It's a story that could only be told as a movie. Yes, it's a, it's a story that requires the medium of film to be told and be a, as effective as it is. Ex- that's exactly what I meant to say. A caveat: I've spent the last like thirty six hours or so in a purposeful coma in recovery from a concert. So apologies to the listeners if I'm a little slow. <laughs> Some of you were there. And uh, most of are you. probably having a hard time uh, remembering it too. So, anywho, yeah, we had a great time. So we're going to talk this week about a movie. Movie, yes, that uh, we both put onto the list of seventy-five or so movies that we plan to talk about uh, because we both had very fond memories of this movie. Yes, and we remembered that it was not critically acclaimed. It wasn't a movie that was necessarily well liked, but it wasn't panned either. It was more. It was just accepted. Yes, uh, but that we both had great memories of. Uh, we thought was really fantastic. Uh, so we sat down to watch it, and we rewatched it so we could do this, and I think we found out that it's certainly a movie movie. It's definitely a movie movie. It certainly deserves to be talked about. Absolutely requires being talked about. But I think maybe its reception was about spot on. Yeah, it was about it was about dead on. Yeah, and that's um, as we're, we're not going to get any more negative about it, but I, I think that the, the reception of it is spot on. It's not a perfect movie. But it is a movie movie that there is a lot to talk about. Absolutely. And that movie, movie <laughs> is, of course, Steven Spielberg's science fiction uh, H- horror, horror movie, decided. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. With starring Tom Cruise. And uh, Dakota Fanning. Sir Tom Cruise. <laughs> is he knighted? No. He's, okay, no, great. No. He might be. I don't know. <laughs> Does Scientology have knights? This Definitely. is the movie that got him Scientology. This is the one. It, it they saw War of the Worlds and they were like, oh, you're Scientology. Come on in. Yeah, you're they Scientology. You're in. Look at all those robots. It is kind of, I in. mean, think about the way they illustrate the aliens coming into the ships in the movie. They come down in the lightning bolts. Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of what's described in the in the Scientology mythology? The um, mythology of Scientology? Mythology of Scientology. Oh, man, murder rock. <laughs> what's the chronology? <laughs> it's, um... No, it's a. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know enough about Scientology. I'm pretty sure the idea is that aliens came down to Earth somehow through volcanoes, and okay. there was like they described some sort of like literal like, uh, like tr- transportation route straight through to volcanoes. Oh yeah. So like I was wa- and I was watching the movie, and I was like, yeah, this is literally just an allegory for Scientology. Could be. It's I mean, not. It, it's not. But no. uh, and I, I think Spielberg would be above that. Pretty sure totally. he's Jewish. Yep. I'm not sure though. I'm not positive. <laughs> I think Steven Spielberg. Uh, director of Schindler's List might be Jewish. Yeah. But I'm not sure. He could be a Scientologist. <laughs> but either way, War of the Worlds came out uh, 10 years ago. It was 2003. Holy shit, um, really? Yeah, that's, that's insane. I'm glad and, you um, know that. You know, I, I did a little research before, before coming over here. so we could. Do, it's been a little while since we watched <laughs> yes, it. It was a couple it, weeks it back. Yeah. But uh, I, it opens up a discussion, like we said, about expectations in terms yes. of movie reviews. And in this show being all about not hating on movies, I think that that's something that a lot of uh, film critics get wrong. Yes, I'm going to critique a critic. Yes. Um, but it, it's just uh, there's, there's expectations. And people always accuse me of liking everything. And I just accuse them of seeing things they won't like. <laughs> and um, so, so expectations are are to be metered yeah it's a shame it has to be that way but it is but uh upon revisiting this movie i felt that uh i enjoyed it just as much but i had so many more things to nitpick about it yeah there was definitely some things that we could uh talk about in 2005 i thought it was 2003 look at that 2005 our our producer just likes to fact check that's all that's all he really Um. does uh, so 2005 film, but uh, it—I mean, everybody knows the story of War of the Worlds. I think it's based on an H.G. Wells book uh, or novella. It's, it's it's like a shorter book, mm-hmm. uh, it's, and this movie pretty closely follows the story that's in that book. Not really closely, but it, it has it shares all the same elements. It's got mm-hmm. the big pods that have like the three legs, you know, the tripods. Um, 
but we get to follow Bad Dad Tom Cruise. Bad Dad, very interesting. And uh, the movie does open with, uh, when they intro us to Tom Cruise, it opens with a truly incredible shot. Oh my God, that crane shot is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous crane shot that goes from the skyline of a city pretty much all the way into the cockpit of a uh, crate lifter. It looks and like your standard opening shot in like a movie, like like an 80s comedy. Mm. You know, they always just have like I was actually skates. just about to drop Shane West in there. Yeah. The loading dock is where all Shane West movies begin. Yeah. And... Uh, it kind of begins on that note. It did kind of have a retro feel, but it sets up the palette that Spielberg uses of these extremely long takes. Mm-hmm. And he does long takes in movies, but I don't think it's ever been more pronounced or more active than in War of the Worlds. And he really uses them to ratchet up the tension. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that I remembered watching this movie the first time and struck me again watching it uh, again now is it, it the reason I feel like it's a horror movie is he really keeps it high tension uh, in mm. pretty much every scene uh, and and wrings as much out of it as possible, mm. uh, which I, I just find it's like a really entertaining way to tell a story. He basically finds a series of small set pieces that he can wring a lot of tension out of. Well, if you uh, look at Jaws, he took what is widely considered a horror movie, and that's like one of the few movies I call a horror adventure. Yes, yeah. And that spirit of adventure, which is something that Spielberg is, um, is really apparent in War of the Worlds. Oh, yeah. Uh, where I think it gets a little bit wonky is with the family dynamics, yes. which is what's so strange because Spielberg, that's so his bread and that. butter generally. Yeah. But uh, either way, the family dy- dynamics is where it gets screwed up. So we, we bring you into the movie. You called him a bad dad. Bad, a bad dad, dad Tom Cruise. Bad dad Tom Cruise. Uh, right off the bat, we are introduced to his family unit, which consists of him living by himself in kind of a blue-collar neighborhood and his obvious ex-wife, who is now pregnant with her new husband, who's clearly a rich guy that his kids, daughter, and son both love dearly so he's kind of the outcast of his own family which uh isn't new for spielberg i I think his first time with that was uh with richard dreyfus in uh uh close encounters yeah yeah but that's a different type of outcast that's it is a little bit i mean but it is this does feel like a very standard spielberg family dynamic Mm. but we were commenting when we watched it that uh it feels like he actually did a very good job of updating that like bringing that into sort of a current context it's not your happy white picket fence family but it's a very real family that that exists yeah totally it's Uh, always weird and i've I've seen so many people who i've seen their family go through a divorce and then the dad does exactly that yes yeah just becomes that and the, the wife becomes a trophy wife somewhere and it's it's weird yeah, he's just like a bachelor who doesn't uh. seem to give too much of a shit about his kids, and then his. Ba- well, you can I mean, tell he does, but I think he feels abandoned by them. Yeah, and thusly is just kind of reacting with a, yeah, I'm not well, fine. One, you don't want me. One of the things I like most about the movie is it was basically about this bad dad who has spent so little time with his kids, uh, and and knows so little about raising children because he spent so little time with them that when he's put into this crisis situation where he now actually has to protect them, he doesn't know what to do at all. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even know how to make them a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Which is a classic piece of Spielberg yeah. humor. Yeah. Uh, um. And I, I just I thought he really... That was sort of the the crux of the movie, I think. That was mm-hmm. mostly what it was about. Absolutely. Was, was this man learning to be a, fa- a father, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and struggling with the fact that he has spent so little time doing that to begin with mm-hmm. uh, and having to earn that uh, with his children. And Absolutely. I thought that was like the thing that was most interesting about the movie from like an emotional standpoint. And that's where we get into, again, it being a movie movie. You have this great action storyline, adventure storyline happening in the background of these aliens invading and taking over the planet. But Spielberg tells that story through the lens of this uh, emotional story about a broken family on a road trip. almost like a road trip Absolutely. movie of sorts. It is, it is its own War of the Worlds in a way. It is two worlds colliding. I mean, you have Earth getting invaded by these invaders and having to respond to it. You've got Tom Cruise, you know, he's getting by. Mm-hmm. And then for the weekend, he's got not invaders, but he has guests that are n- not really wanted. Right. And now it's at the point that at the same time that the. And, and interestingly enough, uh, we all know the end of War of the Worlds naturally. Yes. Is uh, bacteria. Bacteria that is inherent to Earth does that. So it is our base primal instincts that will save us Mm -hmm. is kind of one of the statements here. And that is what drives Tom Cruise to do what he does. He doesn't know how to protect his kids, but he knows that he has to. Yeah. And that he has to be willing to do anything to do it. And that's very primal. Yeah. And, um, that, that's also something you do see a lot in Spielberg. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you see, uh, 
once again, I'm going to go with Jaws, but you see, uh, what's his name? Quint. Quint yep. is absolutely a madman, but he represents that spark, that nature that gets us to claim what, you know, reclaim what, what we want. And, uh, so it starts off, I think, very <laughs> strong in terms of of family, the, the family thing running parallel with it, and it the he sort of establishes very quickly in just a couple of scenes, and this is one of the things I love about Spielberg. Just mm. through a quick couple of scenes, he establishes exactly how the son feels about his father, how mm. the daughter feels about her father, and how he feels about both of his kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the son clearly just like he's a bad dad, and he knows it, and he doesn't really want any part of it. He's just tired of listening to him. And then the daughter, she totally gets he's a bad dad, but she's he's her dad. Mm-hmm. And she just like she loves him anyway and just wants him to be better. That's like what's so their dynamic is really interesting because all she wants is for him to be better. Mm-hmm. You know, she's constantly just like, stop making the best these decisions. In the movie comes from Dakota Fanning. Oh, I know. And I, I love she basically the whole time. She's like, why are you please stop making these stupid fucking decisions? Mm-hmm. Like, be a better dad than this. You are better than this. Yeah. Please help us. Uh, but they uh, and. What ends up happening is they basically end up on the road as soon as everything breaks out. Well, before they bust out onto the road, let's oh, okay. talk about that the first destruction scene. Oh, yes, yeah. That is one of, I mean, a lot of that footage is what anchored the trailers. Uh-huh. That's what marketed it. And that was one of those things that I was afraid, like, oh, man, they, they showed everything. Yeah. And I'm going to get there, and it's not going to be exciting. And I could not have been more wrong. Mm-hmm. And this is where the movie excels and is pure movie magic. It is some cleverly fogged out, so thusly more photo real CGI than you'd expect, mm-hmm. um, especially in a world that it doesn't have to look that real. Yep. It's aliens and giant, you know, monster robot things. It's yeah. wild. And uh, so it happens really, really quick. It starts as what looks like a strange storm. Uh, Tom Cruise. We're just going to call him Tom Cruise. Tom Papa Cruise. Cruise bad yep. dad. Bad dad. Bad daddy Cruise goes to uh, <laughs> goes into town, A, to check it out, yep. and B, to find his son who has stolen his car yeah. and uh, just driven away because he's rebelling. Yes. And so that is a natural place to take the script in order to get him into town. Mm-hmm. And so the, you know, we use the term earned. He he earned the uh, that set piece. Yes. Because then we have to watch after shit goes down and shit goes the fuck down. He's got to get home in one of the g- coolest chase scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, it. I mean, to even talk about before you even get to the chase, the actual alien rising up out of the ground oh, is terrifying. done. It's scary, and it's done very effectively. Mm. He actually just builds a set and destroys the rubble. You know, like the uh, the streets start coming apart, and mm. it's clearly an actual physical set that's coming apart, mixed with. Uh, the digital effects of like the actual like, ship use rising of out of enhancing, the ground. Like, yes. Enhancing practical effects with yes. CGI, which is what isn't done enough. And that's the way to use CGI. Absolutely. Enhance the practical effects. Don't make it entirely CGI. So I found it very impressive and it was very effective. I and felt this there. was the first of what would become many horrifying images as the movie goes on, which is why we kept talking about it being a horror movie and Spielberg being a much more effective horror director than anyone gives him credit for. No one talks about Steven Spielberg mm. as a horror director. Oh, Temple of Doom is a straight up horror film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jaws is definitely a horror film, and this is for sure a horror movie. Uh, a chase begins as an alien rises out of a huge machine that an alien is driving rises out of the streets, and Spielberg, uh, Spielberg, Cruz is running through the streets as people are being vaporized around him, horrifyingly vaporized. Yes. And it, it seems so. One of the things that scares me the most is sudden death like that. Yes. Where you don't even have a second to ruminate on what happened. Yes. And it's literally just people burst into a, pu- a puff of ashes. They do show one real quick close up of it happening to a woman who's kind of a glorified extra. Yeah. She's had a, a, a quick interaction with Tom Cruise. And um, so we know her face. And then we watch as it melts and poosh, rips open, yeah. which is. Done midway through the chase, but adds this level of horror very cleverly. Mm-hmm. Terrifying shit. And I think... And he uses, again, a very simple trick. Just clothing falling down yes. and ash falling down. When no they blood, explode, not an ounce of it. There's no blood. It's ash and then clothing falling down. Yep. It uh, doesn't vaporize clothing. Yeah. yeah it's like a lightsaber. For some reason. Some reason. Well, you know, because it looks cool. Yep. And it... Dest- I mean, it cuts through cars. Yeah. Um but not, just, clothing. Everything's just, not clothing. Everything's true. Not clothing. Vaporizes people. It apparently only affects organic matter, but it looks too cool to care. Textiles are out of the question. And That's how used. we defeat them at the yeah. end. We built a textile shield. It's the only way. Yep. That's how they should have stopped the invasion. Yeah. Morgan Freeman's just like, and at the end of the day, it turns out everyone needed to wear more clothing to That's protect themselves from the lasers. That's what Tim <laughs> Robbins should have been doing in that basement, sewing a gigantic quilt. He would have been way <laughs> more gonna worthwhile. Build a real big quilt. Yeah. It'll be awesome. 
and you can sew a frame and you can sew a frame. He's like, sorry, I'm going to beat you to death. Now, don't quote me on this, but I think this might be the first time or at least the first time in my brain's film lexicon that the use of was oh, used yeah, to, yeah. to create that image of bigness. But I think that, that is that in every movie now, partially because giant robots are in every movie now, mm-hmm. but that's used a lot. And I that think was the that first that time. sound effect, though, if I remember right, one of the big things about this was Spielberg used all the original sound effects from the original 50s okay. version of War of the Worlds. So I think actually that horn sound that they make when they're walking around is actually from the original 50s movie. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so that's actually like a like a really like old school technique, which is kind of interesting that it's suddenly come back it's, and become it's been like modernized. the only thing. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you go to the chase, they get to they get back to the house, and they basically all electronics have gone down. Uh, his kids are terrified, mm. and uh, he, he, in a very, Cruz is great at being terrified, and spends the first half hour of this movie just doing his, like, oh, we, he's good at terrified we, we, and we, running. We, he does yeah. that a lot as he's trying to talk to his kids. Uh, he basically gets them in the only working car he can find. Yep. Uh, he's got a mechanic friend. Who's and I, what's great is, I actually, um, in terms of framing the, the violence in this movie, they use something that's so horrifying for humor. Yeah. And after you've just watched the entire town get destroyed and Tom oh, Cruise yeah, panic, yeah, yeah. Um, he's asked by his daughter, what is what is that powder all over you? He's covered and in And he realizes dust. he's just covered in vaporized person. Yep. Hundreds of people. And so he has this very comical moment that credit to Cruise for doing physical comedy like this where he's shaking the dust off. And it's weird because it's horrifying, but it adds that levity that makes, you know, it sets up an act break. Yeah. And this is a tough thing. They they made these these giant machines that mow down humans in term you know th- as an extermination. How do you get an act break from that? Right. And and that's how you do it. He oh, breaks yeah, yeah. there, and then we go on the road. Yeah, we hit the road, and then it becomes a road trip movie, really, mm. for the rest of the movie, uh, which is actually kind of an interesting way to tell this story. I think mm. um, because it basically reduces the. Um, the response to this attack to just these characters and the different places they go and the different reactions they see, which is different for a movie like this. Often we get shots of like the entire world reacting and mm. seeing these things happen all over the place, but we only get to see the things that Tom Cruise and his family sees, which mm. I thought was a nice, interesting way to tell the story. And it still paints that huge world picture oh, too, yeah. which is nice about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't it doesn't get hung up on it, right? Because I mean, this is this is a family story. Is the you know, th- this is what he does. That's, Steve yeah, I mean, that's makes what, movies about family. Yep. Uh, and this one just is a particularly horrifying story about a family. Horrifying. But it's, you know, and it's weird because the family aspect, which I guess we'll get into, is uh, is kind of where the ball is dropped. A little bit. In my opinion. Yeah. Because otherwise it's pretty pretty solid. It's a very tightly written movie. When we first go on the road in this stolen car, it actually opens with, which is a, about, I mean, it's between eight and ten minute um, crane shot following their car going oh, shit, through I forgot about a the crowded shot. highway but the camera is passing in and out of their car around other cars granted there's probably a lot of cheat cuts yeah but it, it works brilliantly and it's it looks good it keeps the pace feeling like a chase movie without there actually being any sort of a chase all they're doing is driving all they're doing is driving and they're driving to uh his right now, house. to his ex-wife's house because he's basically he doesn't know what to do yeah he, he doesn't know how to take care to of the these point kids. where he knows like i, I just got to Get yeah. these kids to their mom because they've got the money. They've got everything. She'll know you what know. to do. Yeah. Uh, and th- I forgot about that crane shot. It's incredible. It just goes Absolutely in and out of the incredible. car while it's moving around the car. It's It's got to be like six, seven minutes long. It's mm. a really long shot. Uh, one of the things I remember about that is, I mean, this movie came out in 2005. They have this conversation that it's interesting because it's a conversation that we always have to have now in movies. The first thing Dakota Fanning says when they see that destruction is, is this the terrorists? Yeah. That's oh, her yeah, first yeah. question to her dad. Mm. Uh, and, then, you know, I remember when this came out, it was one of the... F- I remember it being, and I'm sure it wasn't because it is four years after it happened, but I remember it being one of the first times I sort of recognized, like, oh, that's weird. We live in a world now where we kind of have to say that. Mm-hmm. You you can't not have the characters recognize that and say that, especially a young child. Absolutely, it makes sense that that and that young frames girl the time of the that. the movie. Yeah, yeah. You know that put them in our real world. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's totally a real question you would yep. ask. I mean, I honestly, is there an action movie that doesn't make some mention of terrorism? Right. Since uh, that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, 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 it's like, become the lexicon of of action filmmaking. It has to be, yeah, because it's in there. That's that's the ultimate thing. But what I like about that too is it also frames that conversation. Because at this point, uh, Dakota Fanning's character and the brother, who's an actor that I have no fucking clue who he is. Yeah, I've seen him in a couple other things. Yeah, he always plays the brooding teen. Yeah. Uh, they don't really know what's going on yet. 
They know shit right. went down, and Tom Cruise is trying to explain what he just saw and can't. Well, and I do think the movie turns out to be, and it's one of the what ends up being a problem in the family dynamic. I think one of the parallels that he may be making in the movie is. I think he may actually Justin Chatwin, uh, which the only other thing I remember him from is the Dragon Ball Z movie. I believe he played Goku. Uh, oh, and he was in Taken apparently. Uh, he did play Goku. Oh, and look he at that! Was he was in on uh, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses too. Oh, but of course. Yeah. Uh, and so you were saying about the oh the family dynamic, the family dynamic. <laughs> uh, oh God, what was I saying? All right. Well, yeah. I don't know what you're saying, but let's just keep totally pushing lost. forward. Go ahead. Because no, we have, uh, they did this interesting thing in this scene that they're talking about where Dakota Fanning's character suddenly now has panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And so she starts to have a oh. panic attack. And then this is where it cheesed on me real quick. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, come on. But he does use it to buy himself a good moment later because what happens is she starts to freak out. And so the brother starts doing what is apparently something that they do regularly. Yeah. So he does this little arm motion. He's like, all right, where's your safe place? Yeah. Where's your safe place? And she's <laughs> like trying to get her shit together. And right. it's cheesy. It's stupid. It's totally fake. I don't think that type of thing actually exists. But later when they do get to the house of the, uh, the ex-wife, yeah, it's, uh, you know, everything's safe there, but they're not there. But she's still panicking, and Tom Cruise tries to do this yes. panic attack for her. And it just seems silly and cheesy when he does it because he doesn't know what he's doing. A la Liar uh, Liar. Yes. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, uh, like The Claw. The Claw. It's oh, so much like claw's that. The Claw's going to get you. The Claw's going to get you. Yeah, it but, was uh, very much like that. It was uh, so but, dumb. It, but it, it plays well in the movie. I think it actually helps the family dynamic there. Uh, when when he uses that payoff with Tom Cruise doing yeah. it, and then she just rolls her eyes yep. at him like, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. That's a real moment, which yes. I think is purchased by that earlier cheesier moment in the car. Exactly. That like. He ends up earning it a little bit because of the mm. payoff for it. Mm. Uh, what I was going to say before is I think one of the parallels he ends up making is that this movie is about our response to terrorism. Uh, I think that that ends up being what a lot of this movie is about. Uh, and so you have three different characters reacting very differently to terrorism. Uh, and the son is who reacts in a very bizarre way, which is to basically decide he needs to enlist in the military and fight this threat. That He has this like misplaced sense of duty uh, to fight whatever this threat is. And I, that's where I think it's like... That's where I got the idea very strongly. That's actually what this movie is about, is like different responses to terrorism. To terrorism, oh uh, yeah. And that ends up being where the family dynamic gets a little bit strange because it just feels very forced that this kid would have this misplaced sense of duty. And it feels comes out very of forced. nowhere. Yeah. Um, and, and we talked about it. There is one scene early on where they pass uh, a, like a, a line a of tanks. yeah. And he's trying to get them, like, just pick me up. I want to fight. I want to yeah. fight. And it, it doesn't work. It, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's in reverse to this uh, this speech later made where he talks to the dad saying, hey, you know, th- this is our opportunity. Right. We can't just sit back and do nothing because they're not doing nothing. Right. And uh, guest, uh, guest from previous recording, Mikey, Mikey Garcia, Garcia is leaving. in the house, leaving. Thanks Bye, for sitting Mikey. in and yeah. watching. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for pretending to be interested. Seated. <laughs> <laughs> Tight six every Sunday at first. Yes. Uh, but um, they they do this. Uh, they have this uh, this weird moment where they the the kid just suddenly starts showing all this emotion, and it it counterbalances with the fact that he's kind of brooding and silent. Mm-hmm. Now I get it being an explosive thing. I was that kid growing up. Mm-hmm. We were all that little skater punk growing up. Yeah. And, and and he played that at that time, so it works. But it just seemed like a real quick like we gotta we gotta get these characters moving forward real quick so we yep. can zap some more stuff, yep. which is fine. That's why I'm there. Mm-hmm. But it gets a little ham-handed. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's all we need to say about that. That is yeah. sort of the place where the movie falls apart a little bit. Well, you said there was three responses. The one was up and join the military. What right. Well, so two? you have the dad and the daughter. I think mm. we're supposed to watch these three different lenses. Okay. And the daughter is coming from like this really innocent place of just like pure panic, mm. right? Where she doesn't know what to do other than like shut down, uh, which is I think maybe supposed to be like that's not the response we should have, right? Like we mm. sh- we should be more active in our our response but it doesn't need to be this like misplaced sense of duty and then you have tom cruise who i don't know i was trying to figure it out because i do think that that is what the parallel is supposed to be but i I was trying to figure out like what what does tom cruise represent in that like what is his response i I actually i mean my response to any time i see like a terrorist kind of thing yeah i think is similar to his in terms of like I'm not about to go enlist. Yeah, I I, I don't believe in any, anything strong yeah. enough to die for it. It's yeah. not happening. It's not not in me. 
but I also feel behooved not to do nothing. Right. So I, I, I'm kind of the person that's just spinning their wheels. Yeah. And going, something has to be done, but what is there to do? Yeah, what yeah, can yeah. I do? And yeah. that's that's a, a weird feeling of loss, which is why terrorism is very uh, effective on me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, I think that that would be how I would frame his response. Oh yeah, like a feeling of not knowing what to do, but knowing like you have to you do should something. do something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. what yeah. can you do? You know, there. Yeah. It's this weird mix of hopelessness and inspiration. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom Cruise is just good at that. I mean, yeah. he's, just, he's just a good actor. He's great at it. Yeah. So I think that is part of what the movie's about. But mm. it, I think it's much more effective just as like a horror movie. Absolutely. Which he really. I mean. I think before I don't remember if it's before or after they get to their mom's house. Uh, there's a scene where uh, th- they go. Oh, she has to go to the bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. And she runs down into the woods and she goes down to a river to go to the bathroom. Oh, horrifying stuff! And it's one of the. It's terrifying. It's it's uh, one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen on screen. She sees like one body come down the river, and you're like, oh my god, this is awful. This little girl has to see this body in the water, and then like hundreds of bodies mm-hmm. just come up out of the water and start coming down the river and it's just bodies just, yeah. i mean like hundreds of them coming down the river and the it river turning red states that it's it's an extermination yeah like they're not just here zapping stuff like they're here to eliminate humans yep. and that scene actually works uh, that was a scene that i thought worked very well with the family dynamic that he mm-hmm. was trying to do because she's going to use the bathroom, and Tom Cruise is saying, stay where I can see you. Yeah. Stay. Don't go any further. Don't go any further. And she's just kind of rolling her eyes. I'm like, whatever, Dad. I'm not going to pull yeah. my pants down in front of you. And then he learns, too. I mean, he hears her screaming. So he learns a little bit of that fear of, of you know, fatherhood and the responsibility yeah. of that. But she also learns that he does know what he's talking about. Right. Because she disobeyed her father, and she's treated to the most horrifying thing you could ask a little girl to look at. Yeah. And it's it's wild. And that furthers that dynamic because he realizes how much he does care about Mm -hmm. her and how much he wasn't just exerting authority. He he really did not want her to leave his sight. Right. And her just realizing, too, like, dad's a fuck up, but he knows what he's talking about sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a that's a good scene. Oh, I love that scene. Uh, And then you get to the house. And I Mm. actually think the scene at um, his ex-wife's house uh, might be my favorite scene in the movie. Uh because it starts with his like he doesn't know how to make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. He's doing he's trying to do anything he can to calm his children down, mm. not realizing that he's the one that needs to be calmed down. They're actually doing fairly okay for what's going on, but he just feels so out of control and doesn't know how to calm them down or be a dad for them, and he sort of loses his shit. Mm. Like literally just trying to make them a sandwich. So it's played and for it's a little funny. levity. He, he does do a little bit of a like a like a vaudeville show with yeah. the sandwiches. He's putting it on for him. Yeah. And kudos again to Tom Cruise because it's very funny because he's walking that line of uh, trying to be funny, but he's, but he's just ready. Yeah, he's ready to explode, uh, and he and he plays that very well. But what I love about that scene is so you have that, and it's a great again, it's a great character building moment for the family and like the dynamic we're supposed to be watching with them. And then he gets them in the basement to sort of like go to bed for the night, and there's an attack. Mm. There is a horrifying attack. We see green lights outside the basement windows. The windows explode. A bunch of air flies through the windows, and like things are getting sucked out of the uh, the basement. Everything is just like going to shit. It's clearly like something horrible is happening outside, and it's happening, and it's happening, and he finally gets his kids collected into like a little corner, and it finally dies down, and they go up outside to see what happened, and half of the house has been destroyed, and a plane crashed into it. Yep, a and it huge turns plane. out you weren't. It wasn't an alien attack outside. I mean, it was, but it was an alien attack somewhere else that hit this plane that then crashed into the house, which is what actually that action scene was about. I love that. I think that's like such a great and play it leads on to our a beautiful set piece too. It does. Oh, it's gorgeous. And this is another time where special effects were not needed. It's literally flashing lights, breaking yep. glass, and all that. Yep. We don't see the plane crash, and a lot of filmmakers would, would go out of their way to spend a lot of money on this plane crash Absolutely. here, and it's not needed. What Spielberg spent his money on is the next morning afterwards when they go out, you find out it's a plane crash because he walks outside to a giant practical set of the... Um, uh, no, I can't even think of it. The, I don't know, the hull of the plane. The hull of the plane. Call, call it, yeah. Um, just wrecked on the yeah. road, at, like right there, and it's... It's huge, it's imposing, and most of all, it is in the lens, it is real. Yep. And that's scarier than any slick plane crash you can show me. Yep. And had they done that, it would not have serviced the story at all. Nope. It would have just been, we're flexing our budget muscles. 
And instead, they used it to something that had such great effect, and it's huge. I, did, I don't need to see that plane crash. No. I'm terrified. And it's way more terrifying because we see it from the family's point of view, so we get to feel their terror. And their mm-hmm. terrors, they don't know that it's a plane crash outside. They assume this is another attack right on top of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we get to feel that. We get to experience that fear with them and then get to have that like twist of fate when, when we exit the basement with the family and find out that it was actually this plane that crashed into, mm-hmm. the, into the house. Uh, I love that scene. I think it's very effective. But it's also followed by one of the least effective scenes in the movie, the cheesy news reporters <laughs> that basically just exposit for three minutes and it, tell us what's happening. That, that's like literally the worst offender of, of you know, a show don't tell. Yep. They just tell, 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 yep. tell. And it's such a hokey character. And they a, do it with very character. ham-fisted, cheesy characters. Just, I'm, your, I'm your snarky reporter lady. I'm going to be a bitch to my cameraman, yep. blah, blah, blah. I thought it was interesting that they made the cameraman a deaf guy yeah. because he was too close to an explosion. Right. That spread the world, and and I think before we leave the plane, the plane says a lot because it was at that moment where I was like, oh my god, there was probably two thousand planes in the sky. Yep, this happened to every last one of them. Yep, that's insane. It's yep. terrifying. And uh, but yeah, that that's so ex- the the expository. That was oh, it's a way to say it. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, it's bad. But uh, we move on from there to. Yet another terrifying set piece. And at least that exposition is quick. Oh, it's quick. It's painless. It's and just it's, like, here's what's happening in the outside world. It's information that when it's done, you're just processing what you heard. And the whole idea is just like, get the family moving on again. Mm. That's the whole point of it. It's just like, give them the urgency to need to move and keep moving. So they do. Uh, and we get I, what may be the most terrifying sequence in the movie overall. I think like the scariest uh, is the van. Oh, the, the van. I believe that's the next that's sequence. That's the sequence is the van and then the boat. Yeah, right. So they basically uh, they're they're driving, they're driving, and Tom Cruise is getting tired, and so he wants his son to drive, uh, but he's like, "Don't go on the highway. We have one of the only working cars that we know of. They're gonna want the car. Stay off the highway." Oh, that's true. No cars work. Ne- all electronics have been all electronics, but their car uh, was magically oh, was functional in, because oh, no, of the magic. The, mechanic. It was in the shop, and the mechanic yeah. had uh, replaced the spark plug in the interim period. Yep. Uh, however that makes it work it works well he got zapped to hell yeah he did so long uh and so they and of course the son being the rebellious dad doesn't know best goes on the highway yes because he thinks it'll get them to their destination quicker he thinks he's helping them by doing it and you get what is essentially a zombie movie sequence one of the most effective zombie movie sequences i've ever seen in a movie that's not a zombie movie and they're not zombies they're real people and it absolutely made me feel like yeah that's that's how we would react. Absolutely. This would be the real world one of reaction. The scary, one of the reasons I love reading Stephen King is most of his books are based around the idea that the monsters aren't what's scary. Mm-hmm. It's the reaction that the people have to the scary monsters that's truly scary. You see yep. it in the mist. You see it. Uh, oh, you, just, you see it. Yep. And uh, it's huge here. This is people at their desperate worst knowing that in, you know, in, in the next few days, not only will everyone they love be dead, but perhaps they will be too. The, uh, and there's no system in place that's working. Yeah. Uh, they ba- they get to the highway. It's so crowded they can't really move beyond like five miles an hour. And slowly but surely people start realizing there's so many of us, we could just stop this van and mm. take it. And it could be our van. Uh, and it becomes this terrifying sequence of like windows getting punched out, uh, crews getting pulled from the car, trying to pull a gun on someone, losing the gun to one of them and getting it pointed back at him. Uh, and we end up with what I think is the most terrifying sequence where they start trying to pull his daughter from the car. Mm. Uh, that, to me, just rung as, like, the most... It, are you just At that point, you're so invested in Cruz's character and what he's going through as a bad dad trying to, like, figure out how to maneuver this uh, situation with his family. I just feel the panic and the terror that that would, that would bring, seeing my daughter just, like, basically almost torn apart by human beings that's oh, just yeah. in a panic. And I think it even boils down to they they do they end up giving he gets rid of the car yep and has to fish her out of the car yep. himself because they're willing to just drive away with her because fuck it at this point yep and it's that's it's crazy because we've been invaded for less than a day yeah and it's a full on just we've gone primal because yep. every system is down yep and uh, which I will get to it when we talk about the ending yeah but. Uh, it's it's terrifying, and I th- I believe it goes back to back with a scene in which 
they're trying to uh, get onto a ferry. That's the next scene. They basically they have to hit the they have to hit the road by by their feet, and they come across a ferry. I don't know, going leading into Boston or something mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, and the uh, oh god, that scene is ridiculous. Well, it's it's an extension of the the people yeah. are what's, but in this one, like it seems more uh, malintended during the scene with the gun, yeah. which someone does end up getting shot yes. as a result of the gun that Tom Cruise brought into it. Yep. So there is a condemnation of technology there too. Mm-hmm. But you know we've we've gone uh, primal. But then we get to the ferry, and there's a little bit of hope in the ferry because even though if you look at it logistically, it's just an awful idea to cram this many people onto a floating vessel and send them across a river slowly. Mm-hmm. It's dumb, but I think everyone sees like, look, there is a system, a public service system, still in play yeah. to help us. We have to get on this ferry. Yep. And so people are going crazy to get on it, but the problem is there's only so much room and yeah. there's so many people. Uh, and so you end up with a, a great sequence where now this was where I thought like they actually earned the kid wanting to take that responsibility and they should have just used this scene to do that and it would have mm. been fine. Where they basically they, they cut off the line at a certain point to get onto the ferry and Tom Cruise keeps screaming like there's plenty of more room, there's plenty of more room, like let more people on. And they're like no and they start closing the uh, the gates of the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the barge, the mm. fucking the ferry. They start closing the gates and as the gates go up people are jumping onto them and trying to hang onto them and his son runs up to the top and tries to pull some people over onto the boat. He takes that responsibility upon himself even though his dad hates to see him put himself in danger like that and saves some people and gets them onto this boat mm-hmm. i think you could have get that would have given me everything i needed to know about what, what his son tell. wanted to do how his son felt about this what the kind of man he wanted to be and thought this situation provided him the opportunity to be mm-hmm. uh you didn't we didn't need all the like military joining stuff uh mm-hmm. but so it's very effective in that sense uh we get to see his son kind of be a hero uh and pull some people onto the ferry which very quickly ends up being as bad an idea as you would expect oh, yeah. to just be in the middle of the water but at as the same time, aliens are attacking. Before we leave the sun, I, I think uh, one of the things that's so interesting about that is you start to realize, at least for me in that moment, you start to realize how similar he is to a younger version of Tom Cruise's yes. character. And you start to see, like, you know, this is Tom Cruise before he was jaded by the misfortunes of life. Yep. You know, he deep down, he is a good guy. And, yep. and you, that hero is coming out of him. And it's in that moment that you can see that the the power kind of shifts. Yeah. Because he has a respect for his son, but only because he sees himself in it. But it it just puts a nice uh, spin on that whole hero thing because Mm -hmm. we have the reluctant hero and we have the enthused hero. Yes. Both reacting to the same aggressor. But But then, like you said, this is a bad idea to be on this boat. Because here come the monsters. Here come the monsters, and they of course just turn the boat right over, and and a really beautifully filmed sequence where another the chase of a practical boat yep. with CGI enhancements yep. done well, uh, and you get like cars falling into the water around them, creating this sort of like torpedo effect that's like taking people underwater with it. It's very terrifying. The whole absolutely thing. absolutely another Spielberg standard: running away from cars that are about to fall on you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, true. We were talking <laughs> about that. Yeah, uh, and then uh, is that when they first introduced the idea that the aliens are actually scooping people up? Yes, because they start scooping people out of the river. Right. Uh, they're scooping people out, and then you start to wonder what the hell's going on. Yeah, here. because it's like, well, uh, they're vaporizing some people. Other people are ending up as dead bodies in a river, and other people are getting collected. How do they decide who's who? That's what I want to know. Who? And who do we ask? Tim Robbins. Tim That's Robbins. who we ask. Celebrity cameo here that exists almost completely to be a celebrity cameo. It's the weirdest thing. Um, after we are, uh, After we get out of the water here, we find a oh, oh no actually no this is the war scene first they yes. get out of the water the military has shown up and at this point the son has decided to just run into the military and just throw rocks he yep. doesn't care he wants to just fight yep so uh, he's gone and we get another great i think horror movie sequence mm. where uh Cruz is forced and this is this is why it sucks that he does all that weird military stuff because it feels forced right but he earns this beautiful moment that I think is like a great horror movie moment where they're on a hill, and at the top of the hill, the crest of the hill is the military, and at the bottom of the hill is Cruz and his family, and his son makes a break for it to go to the military. Yes. Uh, and not just the military. There's a battle, like a full-on old-school war battle going oh yeah. on, and it's very reminiscent of, once again, the 1950s movies, yes. just lines of tanks and army men yelling army things at the invaders. You yep. know, a lot of that. So it's a nice homage. So this scene does need to be there. Oh, yeah. And what happens is Cruz uh, doesn't want to drag his daughter up the hill because she thinks uh, he thinks she'll slow him down. And he needs to chase after his son. He knows his kid's going for it. So he leaves her at a tree 
and is now between his daughter and his son, these two worlds that he's been trying to like figure out how to wrangle together and basically makes the decision to go for his son and bolts after his son, goes up the hill. And I think this is a brilliant horror movie moment. These, this, this couple running away from the terror uh, sees just a young girl alone at a tree and won't believe her that her dad is just a few feet away. They just assume that he's dead, mm. uh, which is what you and I would do Absolutely. if we saw a stranded little girl and start trying to pull her and away. That's a moment, too, that after the the abrasiveness of seeing how bad humanity is and the mm-hmm. van stealing scene and all that, it's a moment of actual, actual humanity. Oh, yeah. This is a couple that just sees this girl and says, we have to help her. Yep. But also at the same time, this shows a, a huge character growth for Dakota Fanning's character because yep. she can't see her dead. Nope. But she is absolutely confident that he's coming back from all of these explosions yep. and th- and that's not something that she would have thought at the beginning right uh but I-, I love that moment because then you see Cruz turn around and see what's happening and that to me is again like a great horror movie moment because that's built out of real terror mm. that's not uh, a ghost popping out from a sock drawer <laughs> you know what i mean mm. it's a, that's like real terror like seeing someone trying to be nice and do a good human thing in the midst of all this chaos and save a stranded little girl who happens to be your daughter that you're now about to lose because mm. they're trying to do the right thing and you did the wrong thing. That's like, that is terrifying to me. It's terrifying. Because I, mean? uh, I could see myself making that decision and breaking away from her and then also being on the other side of it and making that decision and, and trying to collect her and, and, and well, run I think he, he saw that the, that the son's death would be immediate as yes. soon as he crossed into that line and so went for him. Yep. And then also, too, because I think at that moment, Tom Cruise understands, like, I get why he's doing this. Oh, yeah. This is how I used to be. Yep. You know, and so then it, it it works out nicely there. Yeah. So it does pay off the hokiness. It does a little bit. Uh, but we lose the son here. He goes running do. off, and Tom we Cruise can't stop him. Replace him with Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. So he takes, and this this is uh, one of the issues that I have with the movie is that they're running back from battle. Yep. And uh, the son's gone. He's shocked that he lost his son, and there's just hordes of people running away. And they pass by one house. Tim Robbins is outside. He's like, one family. Come on in. Just one. Just yep, one. Yep. And they lets the two of them in and shuts the door and decide to wait out the storm for a little bit. Yeah. It's so bizarre. It, it is bizarre. It, it clearly exists just as an act break. Yep. It exists to give us a breather before, you know, after essentially killing off the sun. Yep. And, um, but it does lead the way for uh, two good things. A very small local horror scene yes. that is an homage to the, the original movie. Yep. And a huge character turn for uh, Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. And and they're both big moments. So despite the scene being, I love the word wonky, but despite it's the scene definitely being wonky. Be, it's definitely wonky. It, you know, it's a little dopey. There is a lot of value here. Yeah. So the horror scene, and this is one of the things that's most horror to me about this. Um, in the original movie, there is a farmhouse, and this is when we see the invaders for the first time. Yeah. And it starts with what is sort of a weird robot flesh hybrid scope machine mm-hmm. coming through. It's a tentacle. A tentacle, yes. Coming through to spy on them. And uh, see if there's anything in this basement where they're all hiding. And Spielberg and so basically remakes his raptor scene yes. from Jurassic Park. But again, extremely effective. It's great movie making. It's, great it's movie an making. effective way to do a scene like and this. And he uses the, the he literally uses the exact same mirror Mirrors. gag yep. as the uh but it works and it shows that we've watched this movie that that showed large scale destruction. Now we have small scale horror. Yep. And it's clear, it tells a little bit more of the story. It's clear that they've exterminated this area. Yep. And now we've just got a, a team of aliens group. just cleaning up, you know, trying to get rid of everybody. And um, so not only do we see that, but we also see the flesh and blood aliens themselves, yep. too. And it's weird because they're interesting. They're playful. They're they're curious. Mm-hmm. They're in this basement checking out what are essentially the, the, the memories of this house. Yep. And they're fascinated by it. And it's not until they hear their siren... Yep. That they're called to leave. So it's this weird moment of humanity on part of the aliens. Yeah. But it's terrifying. Oh, it's 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 really horrifying. And he actually, uh, it was interesting, too, I thought the design of the aliens, because Spielberg has always had a very specific design for aliens mm. he likes. He loves the grays, the very mm. simple, like, gray alien. He gives it the same eye design, but it was a more, like, almost like crustacean-looking kind mm. of thing. And they uh, looked a lot like the Independence Day aliens. Uh-huh. Yeah, they But did. they were a little more, uh, like, uh, what's the word? Like reptilian, reptilian, a bit, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, and then, yeah. Now we get the character development for Cruz, then too, which is a big thing because this whole movie has been about like what lengths will he go to to protect his family? Mm. Uh, this bad dad who doesn't know any better or what to do to to protect them. Like, how what lengths will he go? 
how far will he go? And he will go pretty fucking far. To Let's make talk sure about Tim Robbins survive. first. Yeah. Tim Robbins shows up in a cameo where you're like, oh, fuck, it's him. And like he, he does it fine. Yeah. But he plays this really, really bizarre character who has clearly lost everyone that he's loved, yep. has lost his mind over the last couple of days. Yep. And while he is the safest place to be, he's not the safest person to be with because his idea is we have to go and we have to fight these aliens hand to hand combat. And it's up to us. We're the only ones left. He's clearly lost his mind. He's lost it. And Tom Cruise can't have this. Nope. He can't have this guy who wants to fight. He's really counting on this cleanup crew to just pass over the house, and then they have some time to figure out what to do. But uh, Tim Robbins wants to instigate stuff, and you know what that means. He's got to go. Got to go. And uh, so you get like a really terrifying scene where uh we it happens kind of off camera if i remember right but we 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 basically witness him like take that guy out mm. like lure him in and trick him into being killed mm. uh and and doesn't he tell his daughter just do earmuffs well they early on in the scene there's a good piece of humanity where he's told to uh where his daughter's terrified and they're trapped in this basement and so she asks him to sing her a song all oh, right, right and he sings uh uh, Beach Boy's Little Deuce Coop. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the only song that he knows. And she's just kind of looking at him. But it's a, it's a sweet scene and all that. So you see that, that you know, he, he was willing to kind of embarrass himself there and put mm-hmm. it out there just to put his daughter at peace. And so then we see this, once again, this raw primal side where he realizes, you know, it's it's him or us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to t- we have to take him out. And he literally, I, he, he asked her to put the earmuffs on. Yep. And she covers her ears. And she has this weird understanding, like she almost knows. I think she kind of gets but it. But he just doesn't want her to see it. Yep. And then he beats the man to death with a shovel. Yep. <laughs> it's awesome. It's ridiculous. And it's terrifying. It's I mean, terrifying. it's like the lengths that this thing, you know, again, because we were talking about before, like all the people became zombies, but they were still people. This is mm. the thing. When, when something of this magnitude happens, what, what do we do? Uh, I mean, that takes it as far as you could take it. I mean, if you think about it, how many movies really cross that line where the hero actually, like, really just becomes, like, is forced to do something very villainous and questionable? He's uh, forced to go back to full-on nature. I yeah. mean, he, he doesn't have a gun or anything at this right. point. He has to beat him to death, yeah. which is not a pretty or easy thing to do. Yeah. Unless you're Tom Cruise, of course. But y- Yeah, yeah. It's it's wild. And they don't really put a time frame on it. Nope. They don't put a time stamp on it, but... uh. I believe this is where Dakota Fanning just leaves. Is that what happens? I'm, I'm trying to remember because she goes outside. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes outside and uh, she gets sucked up. Yeah, she gets sucked up. But this is also where it is revealed that why they're sucking people yes. up. Because they are terraforming the entire Earth and they're doing it with a weird animal byproduct made out of processed humans. Yep. It's disgusting and it's gross yep. and it's done by the way of a... I don't know if she goes outside right yet because they go to town where you see like the uh, the, t- the statue in the town the that's tentacles. covered with all of the weird fungus yeah. and stuff. But either way, that's the act break is yeah. uh, he kills Tim Robbins. We are at the lowest of the low. Yep. Humanity is doomed. And it's just him and his daughter pretty much confirmed everyone they know is yeah. dead. And then you get the thrilling sequence where she gets picked up. Hmm. That's definitely the next thing that happens. She somehow the next breaks away thing, from yeah. Cruz. Uh, gets sucked up into one of the the ships, and they have these weird like. It reminded me of uh, the Ewoks movies, the TV movies about Ewoks, the oh, Caravan yeah. of Courage and stuff. They're like these weird like wooden undercarriages that mm. just like hold the people that they're scooping up, and then they have these weird anuses that they uh, these anus looking things that they just suck the people up in one by one. Well, I think the point is they were supposed to be. Like it showed how advanced they were as a civilization right. because they're not just flesh. It's right. it's flesh mixed with, with machine technology, yeah. And so they they've truly merged. So right. they're futuristic, you know. Uh and then Cruz does like a, a a Tom Cruise action movie thing and it's a really cool set piece where he uh he like uses grenades that a soldier has on his belt, I think. And yes. and gets it to try it it sucks him up into its anus like halfway <laughs> the and giant then, machine butthole yeah and then a bunch of people like latch onto his legs and pull him out of the butthole but he of course left live grenades inside and it blows the machine up and they go down and it's beautiful that's one of the most exciting sequences yeah. and it's it's cool because one it shows the fact that these humans that are basically about to be farmed still team up and fight yep um and uh, you know it's my problem with this movie comes with a lot of the act breaks like that yeah like this is definitely a separate act and there's no organic way for them to have gotten there right. 
but it's okay that they did. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, once again, it's Spielberg doing movie magic to it's, do it. Yeah, it's just effective movie making the whole mm. time. That's that's why I really wanted to talk about this movie because mm. it's just it's a movie movie. He really just like goes out of his way to tell this story in as as visual and cinematic way as possible, mm. uh, including the ending, which is a little silly. But uh, well, what I like about that though is that gives us our big action sequence yes. right there. Yep. That's the big action sequence. The thing falls because the movie kind of begins to end here because yeah. we don't defeat the uh, the uh, invaders. No. They, we w- they we just, would have been exterminated. We would have been exterminated, but we discover now through a pretty sweet uh, scene with a uh, rocket launcher that their shields are down and they seem to be weaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is because, as Morgan Freeman tells us, they were not prepared for the bacteria yes. that uh, lives on this earth. The smallest living organism. And it goes organism. to the message of the movie. In my, you know, like it's we do we do rely on technology, but it is our primal instincts that are at the core of everything. Yeah, and it's Earth at its most primal that that actually ends up defending the invader. Yeah, you know, we, Earth is more powerful than we are, mm-hmm. and it's wild. But that is an exciting scene when that when that uh, tor- with that torpedo that's what they're called underwater that missile when missile the, oh the yeah, missile yeah. hits and connects and you yeah. see the explosion. I remember that moment in the theater because great movie to see on a big screen. Oh yeah, I loved it. I would in like the to do it again. There was a big collective in the theater moment of like, <sighs> yeah, like we got one, you know. Yep. So that was a uh, that that was very effective. Yeah, and of course, and then the actual ending, which is very silly. I think it's even shot almost as if it's a dream sequence. It's very mm. like washed out. Is they make it to Boston, where his ex-wife has been the whole time with her parents, in a brownstone, happily yeah. surviving this apocalypse. And like everything's just fine. Yeah, like it just seems like nothing. They have like hot cocoa at the door. The street's like, not destroyed in. at all. Nothing's There's on some fire. Strippers inside. Yeah. yeah, it's like the nicest place. Yeah, but that's because those Bostonians are hardcore. They couldn't <laughs> yeah, do it. yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I think the reason I really want to talk about this is I had this memory of this being this very exciting, traumatic movie. And I was very impressed that Spielberg had done that with just like what is ostensibly just like a big, obnoxious summer blockbuster science fiction movie, you know, mm. uh, which he has done before. I don't know why I would have been so surprised by that. Um, but uh, and it, it turns out there's definitely it's got some of issues in its storytelling i think it's a little ham heavy-handed a little ham-fisted in, in in some of its storytelling techniques but he is just such a goddamn cinematic filmmaker like it is a movie movie as much as any of his other movies are movie movies absolutely uh he really wrings as much tension as you possibly could out of all these different story elements he gives a small horror big horror uh science fiction at like a huge large-scale destructive uh way it's it's a lot of different things he gives us his normal family dynamics Mm. he gives us the action story he gives us the emotional story uh and then he gives us actually a horror story in the midst of that as well and it's a complete movie yeah and and i think that my flaws with it basically come down to a scripting level yep um because there's there's just kind of dopey act breaks yep and the family thing is undercooked and i think a lot of that does rely uh does lie on what happens at the end when at the exact moment that tom cruise shows up at his uh you know visits his ex-wife and all them so does the son looking no worse for the wear yeah yeah having just fought in the military and done all that he pops up at that exact same moment as if to just say uh hey i made it guys and you know it's fine i didn't want him to be dead but it's just one of those things where it's weird to say it's too much to believe considering yeah, we yeah, just yeah, watched, yeah, yeah, but exactly. it almost seems too neat. And so when yeah. you said like dream sequence, it does play that way. But, yeah. you know, for a movie that is so over the top cynical yeah. and just just people getting destroyed, it is kind of nice to be like, well, he did it. You know, yep. he he did the best he could. He learned you know, they are a family again. Yeah. Albeit a modern style family. They're they're a family again, you know. Yeah. But it's uh it's a scripting thing. Spielberg, I've seen Spielberg on a day off. Mm-hmm. It was called Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> you know, you've seen him do it where it's clear that he's ju- he's not trying. He's just doing it to do yeah. it. This movie's flaws don't come from that. This no. is clearly a movie that was made with a lot of effort, with a lot of care. Yeah, it was just weak on a script level. But you know, any movie is as good as its script. Oh yeah, uh, and it. But I mean, he does. It's a. I really think it's totally worth watching. It's a, absolutely it's a really fantastically uh, told. I mean, let's say it's a fantastically told story, visually speaking, uh, and and actually, I think in just its elements of like telling a three act story or whatever, it's it's great. It really like. 
gets all these different points that he's trying to make across. It just at a, at a scripting level of like the dialogue and the way they try and uh, force some of those elements in, it gets a little heavy handed. Mm. Um, but it is just like it, it's fantastic. It is it's scary as hell. It's scary. It hits the beats. It's yeah. scary. You do feel the emotion. Yeah. You do care about these characters, which is a lot more than could be said about a lot of blockbusters. Absolutely. So even though they're not completely real characters. They're real enough, they're believable, and they're they're all you know, they're all a hero in their own way. Mm-hmm. And which is kind of the mentality that we got after you know, like if you don't go do this, then yeah, the terrorists yeah. have won. Yeah. And so everyone got to be a hero in their own way. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, there was a renewed sense in that whole America thing. And that's sometimes it takes it stripping away all that you have and getting the whole movie has that. I mean, we have Tom Cruise at the beginning, he's got this completely, you know, not sheltered life, but it's all it's all sectioned off and everything's just done technology and all that stuff. I mean, heck he rocks a giant machine at the beginning. He's finally reduced down to his base level where he has to beat a man to death in the name of just this primal instinct to protect. And earth did that too. Yeah. They, they wore the earth down and it finally got down to the most primal thing. The bacteria kills him. You know, it's all about that. When you strip it away, if you can use your primal instinct for a positive thing, it's a good thing, you know? Yeah. We are animals, but we're not animals, mm-hmm. and that's that. That hit a lot to me. That's, that's yeah. so cool, you know. Yeah. And so they they tried to they tried to fuck up our home, and we were like, nah, this is our home. It's our home. It's our. F- and then uh, should we mention that uh, War of the Worlds? Uh, the what's the that's the the one with the famous newscast, what? where Orson Welles oh, yeah, was yeah, reading yes. the book, yeah. and some idiots thought that uh, thought that it was real, and. Uh, people just went nuts for a little bit i guess yeah, i don't really know if, what the numbers are on that but that's just funny too because it shows like it's the human reaction that's scary yeah absolutely but uh it's wild uh and i i think that's we're, we should wrap it up at that for uh for this week but uh, absolutely we uh we do have some things coming up that i want to i want to drop plug wise because uh, i think we, we forgot to do that uh we have a facebook page yes you can go to facebook.com i think it's just i like two the number two movie yes uh you can go to twitter.com slash i like the number two movie uh what else do we have oh we're on the roadside network roadside network.com where i do another podcast called trailer trash and i do another podcast called super crappy fun time yeah uh so check both our other podcasts out you can find me on twitter at philadelphia it's with an f uh on august 2nd trailer trash will be a part of the philadelphia podcast festival uh so come check us out there it's like mm, i think we're on at like 9 30 on uh, august 2nd it's friday gonna uh, be awesome dan is gonna be there actually with us as well as john mckeever and chris o'connor of uh, samesies fame uh that's gonna be so so much fun yeah look it up on youtube if you haven't seen samesies uh and then on august 17th bauer and i are doing another show at world cafe live uh upstairs this time all bets are off part two come check it out it's gonna be a fun really fun stand-up showcase um, yeah, uh, you can check out, uh, I'm on Twitter at Dan Scully. You can check out my blog where I frequently talk about movies at thedanscully.tumblr.com. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Check out super crappy And, um, uh, if you, uh, if this probably won't be out before then, but who cares? Just do uh, it. July, uh, July 30th. Uh, you guys are probably familiar with this show, the, uh, comedy bonfire at the fire. Yeah. Um, both of our podcasts have done that in the past, but I'm going to be doing a set on, july 30th so make sure you check that out and then um also this is a little little far ahead but uh in uh september september 26th i'll be on the panel on aaron evans show hang on and that so, show uh, is really cool yeah so That's definitely really check out that to. out that's gonna be a lot of fun but there's there's a few more up until then but most of all just check out our online presence here tell your friends and please subscribe and uh before we go i did want to share something i found this on uh, on demand last night mm. it was a movie titled black mama white mama uh, it starred Pam Greer and Margaret Markov from 1972. And I want to read the plot description to you. Two women are chained together with nothing behind them but prison bars and nothing ahead of them but trouble. Uh, and then it says, impact, elements of action include prison lovelies, Ooh, I cat love prison fighting, yes. undercover action, and peephole pleasure. Ooh, that's that's everything you could want in a movie. Just wanted to share that. Uh, that definitely like check movie. out Black Mama, White Mama. A movie, movie, Black Mama. <laughs> perhaps a future episode. Yes, perhaps. Uh, it's for free on demand right now. Do you? Um, do you have? A, I actually was thinking about this earlier. Do you have any movies that you would like to recommend to the audience that oh. they could possibly see now? Because I've got one that I would like to recommend. I do actually, because we were talking about this earlier. I saw The Conjuring, uh, James Wan's new movie. Mm. I am not normally into this type of like ghost haunted house horror movie. 
but I thought it was like really great for this type of movie. I think it like excels in every category that you could. It, it was a really really tightly done horror movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, definitely scary. Uh, enjoyable plotline. Actually interesting characters. Uh, really well done horror. Uh, effects it was, from it was the great. director of Insidious, yeah, and which I've always stood by as one of my favorites. And I, I was going to recommend you can actually get this on Netflix. Uh, you guys might be familiar with a movie uh, called uh, uh, Primer. It's a time travel movie. A lot of people have condemned it for being like too much to think about, but it's one of those movies that that is so much fun to watch because it's a, an active participatory experience. And uh, the director did a follow-up that is on Netflix now called Upstream Color that I could not possibly recommend enough. Um, it may have just unseated This is the End as my favorite movie of Whoa. 2013 so far. I've watched it twice now. It's just one of those movies that is beyond description and is just terribly interesting to watch. And to say too much would be a disservice. But I think you should check it out. It's uh, very low budget and you wouldn't know it. Written by, directed by, starring, and with a score done by this guy Shane Carruth, who totally kicks ass. When he gets Ryan Johnson money and Christopher Nolan money, shit's going to change. It's yeah. going to be wild. But uh, that's my movie recommendation for the uh, All right. this this period. I like it. And uh, so I think for this week, that'll do it. Uh, my name's Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name's Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And I think you all like to movie movie. Mm, yeah, we you like to what? movie. Oh, do I? Huh? Well, we, we like to like movie to movie. movie. <laughs> Shit. That's okay. It's one of those things you do. This has been a Roadside Network podcast, produced by Mike Bauer. For more podcasts, go to roadsidenetwork.com.